going, I want, I want some, I want heaven. That's the difference. Everybody else at that moment is grabbing for Jesus. We want something from you. She's going, no, 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 I want something different. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 8.45 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, you guys. We're, we're going to do things a little different uh, this morning. L- listen, the, Rebecca, listen. The, uh, man, the presence of God is here, and uh, we're going to shift gears. We're going to kind of keep the atmosphere. So I'm going to encourage you this morning to um, just increase your faith for what God wants to do. I'm telling you, God wants to do something today significant in your life. And I just ask, I encourage you not to uh, just check the church box this morning and go, well, we went to church. I, I, would, I would encourage you to go, man, Jesus is in the house. And all I can be able to think about this morning is this, is that, is that when Jesus comes, man, uh, whatever's opposite of him has to go. Amen. Amen. In other words, lies can't hang around when truth walks in. Yes? So, uh, listen, uh, I, I won't go long. This is um, Pastor Tommy. A lot of you guys have already met him. Jennifer and I have been in, uh, you know, just authentic relationship with him and his wife and his kids for over 20 years now. And, uh, and I asked him, he's been here for a month, I just asked him if he could come and preach today uh, because this was kind of like our window to do it. So I just encourage you once again to open your heart. If I can just uh, say this and I'll get out of the way, um, I trust this man. And so I just encourage you to trust him too. Amen? All right. Well, what an introduction. How are you supposed to follow that up, right? I mean, it's hard, right? So let me just say that I've been, this month, I've been here three weeks. And uh, so my goal in coming, in case you didn't know, and uh, was to write a book. And this goes back to an encounter I had back in 2006 here in the Atlantic Ocean on a boat. And I'm writing about that and uh, what the Lord spoke to me then about that event and how that represented the church and some of those things. So I've been um, putting that on paper. Uh, I believe I completed, it's kind of completed, uh, 17 chapters so far. So, um, and I've still got a little more to go. But each chapter is about five to seven pages. I kind of do it in increments of, you know, things, you know. And so it's, it's been good. Golly, I just want you to know that you're in such a special church. Um, I'm sorry. Um, that's just, I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> I got a, I'm a pastor at heart and I'm a teacher. Um, God can do all kinds of things, but that's really where my basis is. And so when you're in a, when you're in a place where, you know, God's touching lives, the word of God is, is present. People are genuinely loving each other. Anything can happen. And you see, so like, um, so like all this week, I've just, been in, I've just been engulfed by just the love of many of you. Some of you I've not even met yet, but I, I get a sense of who you are. And it's just been phenomenal. I'm, um, I've just been, uh, kind of just wrote some things. You know, I've, everybody, people have tolerated me. They've listened to me. Uh, they've fed me. They've driven me around. They've housed me. Uh, but most of all, um, you guys have loved me. And that's an incredible thing. And... Uh, 
Don't ever take that for granted. Ever, ever, ever. And God can do some great things in that. And you know, that ha- how many of you know that that doesn't happen by accident? So that's an intentional thing. I know that's a word we throw around. Uh, but I don't want you to just take it as a little word. Being intentional is about saying, I'm going to get up and this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to walk. This is how I'm going to go through life. That is called intentional living. And I believe that in many ways, that's what you guys are doing. In fact, that culture has been created by your pastors. How many of you love your pastors? Come on, show me appreciation. In fact, I like, hey, a whistle. All right. (laughs) We need more of that. Um, I was thinking AJ was playing drums. I'm a drummer at heart, right? So uh, we're, oh, there you are. Man, you tasty playing. We've got similar styles. Um, And uh, I was just thinking about that. I I love that stuff. But I was just thinking about worship. How many of you experience, you don't have to raise your hand. Don't do anything like that. I'm just throwing this out. The second song, you know, talking about God's faithfulness. And then it begins, his promises are yes and amen, right? All the promises are yes and amen, Right? Come on, you believe that? All his promises are yes and amen. All your promises, oh my God, are yes and amen. Come on, you sense that now? You feel that right there? You know why that happens? And this is what happened during that song. You begin to speak the word of God. Faith begins to come forward. Remember that whole thing about faith? See, the word of God is what brings faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and all, but faith comes. Slow it down a little bit. Faith comes. The first thing that happens is faith comes because we do the word of God. We listen to the word of God. And as you sing the word of God, guess what? Faith comes. It came. And man, I just, even right now, it's just a heavy thing. That's right now. So I'm having a hard time focusing on this because there's so many cool things that are happening. As a matter of fact, before the service, and I'm a um, uh, pastor, um, you know, he says, go ahead and do what you think God wants you to do. So I, I try to surely not abuse that, but try to do that within God's parameters. Uh, Olivia, the, when you walked in this morning, the Lord just, boom. I mean, the Holy Spirit's just all over your life this morning. And um, so I told pastor, I said, man, God wants to do something unique today in your life. Um, and I believe the message, it, it could be any aspect of today. God's just going to do it. So just be ready to receive something really unique today. I don't know what you're feeling, but anyway. But as I've thought about them, and I want to pray for them because in what's happening, what you're sensing, even at this very moment, is what can radically impact this region, this, this community, this city. I'm telling you, Galatians says there is nothing that can stop the love of God in the sense of there's no atmospheric change, there's no territorial change, there's nothing. Galatians says that nothing can stop the genuine love of God. And then in Galatians, he begins to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and all of those things. But you see, it's in that power, and that's, that's what's happening. That's what's going to radically, not only what's happening now, but it's going to propel you to even greater things. Pastor Quentin, I had this this morning, and when I put in my, my hand, I felt the Lord drop something in my heart. So this is one of my prized possession things. So this is an ink pen that was handmade with wood from Israel. And so I brought it with me because I thought it would be kind of symbolic. Now, how many of you know that your pastors are students of the Word? 
How, that's an exciting thing, by the way. <laughs> how, how many of you know that he loves to ride? He loves to, you know, all that, right? He, do, he does all those things, right? Well, so, this, so I want to give it to you as just a symbolic thing. I mean, you can do whatever you want with it. But as a symbolic thing of just what you, you're riding. You understand what I'm saying? You know, it, you don't have to look at it and go, oh, I idolize this thing. It's, it's about just a sim. <laughs> A symbolism type thing of saying, you know, God, just inspire my writing and inspire what I do. So I just wanted to give this to you as a gift from me. <laughs> I love you, bro. So can you do this? Would y'all just stand? I'm doing that so that they can just see you. I'm not trying to embarrass them. So could you just extend your hands towards them? Uh, I, want, I want to tell you something. You go, Tommy, can we combine who we are together and make a difference? And, um, you know, that's a great question. And if you haven't ever had that answered, you need to go after the Word of God. And I began to say, God, does it really make a difference? We know that, you know, one will put 1,000, 10 will put uh, 10,000, and we, we see that exponentially. But I went, God, that's not, that's not enough for me. There's something you want to show me. I'll just give you one verse. There's about three of them that God gave me like this. And it said this. It said, uh, remember the guys that dropped, and I shared this one of the times I was here. Remember they dropped in through the roof? Well, Jesus looks and says, the Bible says, seeing their faith. Isn't that a cool thing? So you actually have the ability to make a difference together. So as you, I see that, okay, do it one more time. Extend your hands towards, I wasn't just tricking you. Lord, I just thank you for this couple. I thank you for what you're doing, what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to continue to do. Them, their family, extended family, and this church family, as they pour out who they are, to everyone in this region. Lord, this is truly a lighthouse anchor church. It's all the above. Lord, we thank you even now that you're shining brightly. And Lord, that you're, you're making a stable place that people can go, I can anchor myself in the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're accomplishing great things. Pour out your spirit on their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Okay, so if you've got your Bible, electronic device, whatever it is, turn to the book of Numbers, Old Testament, chapter 15. The rest I'm going to put up on the screens. I'm going to show you some things. So let me tell you how I came to this message. The title of the message is Him or Him. And I appreciate Terry and all the team sending my message. They've taken it, tweaked it, and made it so you can understand it. Isn't that awesome? And uh, Him or Him. So in other words, uh, uh, some months back, um, I, I had a call from a funeral home. And not unlike the pastors uh, here, and said, "Hey, we need your help." There's a lady who uh, they can't, you know, they, they don't have a, their home church pastor is not around, and they need someone to come help. And they said, "Hey, Tommy, we know that you know you have the ability to cross boundaries and all those things." And I said, "Absolutely." So I found out that she was a cross stitch expert. She taught cross stitch. She was like ninety. Oh, front row, thumbs up over here. All right. So listen to this. So you'll like this. So. At the funeral, they brought a number of her works. They were so awesome that I thought they were paintings. And she would teach and all of that. So as I was getting to know the family, because I wanted to make that, she was 90 years old, had served God. I wanted to make it special, uh, as I always do, but I wanted to do something unique. And so I had talked to the son and, and, and the daughter-in-law and gotten a lot of information. But that morning of, of that day at about 6 a.m., as I've done many times, I lied in my bed and I just said, God, I want you to tell me something about this lady. I want to know about her. Because there was something unique about her. And I had an image. And I saw a woman reaching for the hem of Jesus' garment. 
And when I saw that, now I'm almost embarrassed to say what I'm about ready to say. But as I, as I looked at that, I went, that's a sewing reference. I never, I never even thought about that. Because, you know, we always think about the woman reaching for Jesus. and That's a sewing reference. And as every good student of the word, I got up and began to study for the next two, two and a half hours. I just, and so I want to share some of the things that God, is that okay? So we'll have some, some preaching maybe a little bit and some teaching that'll go with this. So just stay where you are in Numbers 15. I want to show you that for a moment. So Matthew 9, 20, 21 says this. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him. Did you catch that? Came up from behind him, touched the hem of his garment. For she was saying to herself, if I can only touch his garment, I will get well. If I can only touch his garment, I will get well. She came from behind. There could be many different reasons for that, right? So in other words, one of the reasons could have been because she has been ill. And so she couldn't get through the crowd. She couldn't press through the crowd. Maybe it was because of some of the other things we'll talk about. Maybe she had to come from behind. She didn't want anybody to see her. Maybe sometimes it's easier to get through the crowds when you come from behind. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where you can press through and get in. But we know this, that to touch the hem of his garment, she came from a low place. And not not from a low place because she was unworthy, but because of humility. Just a place that she was at. Mark 5. Man, my. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving himself a power proceeding from him, had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? You see? So he's looking around, and he says those very things. Let's look at Luke 8. So it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the same account. So it says, and Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it. How many of you love that? They were all denying it. No, they were going, it was me. It was me. No, no, no. No, no, no. It wasn't me. That's what they're doing, right? No, 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 Jesus. It wasn't me. And they're all denying it. And Peter says, Master, the people were crowding you, pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone did touch me. I know because power has gone out of me. So let me give you a couple of references. When I was a baby Christian, I was a baby Christian. And I was at a pastor friend's of mine about 30 miles away from where I live. And uh, I was at his youth group. And I was there a little early. And uh, there was a couple of girls that had come. They had a school and they had come in. And they were talking to him about the, the power of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he looked at me and he says, well, Tommy will pray for you. And I went, okay. I mean, I had prayed for numerous people. But, I mean, you know, God had done many things. But, but it was like, okay, I, all right. I mean, I'm a baby Christian, right? You, you can appreciate that, right? So I look over and I look at, I mean, they're about like 14, 15, both of them. And so I said, well, okay, nothing like putting anybody on the spot. Anybody? And, and so I, I, just, I just laid my hand on her, just, and I'm telling you, a shotgun blew out of my hand. This girl went back about three rows and was on the floor, just kind of, God just didn't. Now, now remember, teenagers need something radical, right? You, know, you can't do those little moderate things. God's got to do some really cool things. And I remember looking at my hand going, what was that? Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here? And I looked at my hand. I went, no, no, I I didn't do that. (laughs) No, that's bad, huh? No, but I mean, I really looked at my hand. I said, I do not. What was that? And this verse really became alive. The other girl next to me was like, don't touch (laughs) it. No, I'm kidding. 
No, but they both got touched by the Lord. Great things happened. And it was like God just really took that moment and said, Tommy, that's what this is about. And I have felt that many, many times. As a matter of fact, many times when I'm praying people, if they're not receiving, I actually feel that release and then actually hit back on me. And that's how many times I can know. So if I instruct people, hey, just take an opportunity. Just go ahead and receive from the Lord. Really what I'm doing is helping you receive. Because we get it all in our brain sometimes, right? We want to, y'all getting what I'm saying? So it's an opportunity to go, okay, let me just focus on the Lord. I'll just receive. And then, man, all of a sudden, it's just like that. It's so different. And so these are some of the things that God is talking about. And then when we look at Jesus and they're going, Jesus, what do you mean who touched you? You know, when we're overseas, I mean, people just crowd you. They, they bombard you. They grab your hand. They, they come and they fall in front of you. And they grab your hand and they say, pray for me. Pray. And they grab your hand and they beg you to pray for them. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, and they're going, Jesus, what are you talking about who touched you? But you see, I'm, I believe that moment was something like this. That Jesus is walking, and in fact, if you read those references, many things were taking place right there. The centurion, all kinds of things were taking place. Came and approached Jesus. And as he does that, he stops and he looks, who touched me? Now, he's not angry, but he's like something released, something happened. Now, I want you to think about something. So that, in other words, there are people bombarding him, grabbing him, grabbing him on his shoulders. We want a piece of Jesus. But a woman who biblically didn't even really touch him, he says, who touched me? Jesus, don't you know they're grabbing you? You see, but all of a sudden he says, something came out of me. Who is it? He's not angry. He wants to know who activated faith to have something release out of his life into theirs. Because he's got 20, 30 people grabbing at him in every part of his body. But that didn't happen. Are you getting that? Can you see that imagery? What do you mean? They're all pressing in on you. They're all doing this. What do you mean who touched you? Wait a minute. Somebody activated. Somebody activated heaven. Somebody activated the touch of God. Somebody activated what's inside of me that was released automatically. See, what's interesting is that what's inside of Jesus, when it's touched by something like him, it releases it instantly. What's interesting is that the enemy has always tried to counterfeit that, right? So in other words, spirit begets spirit. You can walk in a room, 300 people, and two people alike will go, and becomes unhealthy real quick. Why? Because the enemy counterfeits what God does. You see, something, what's inside of Jesus, and we know that's the power of heaven, that's inside of him was activated by the very thing that was inside of this woman's life, going, I want, I want something, I want heaven. That's the difference. Everybody else at that moment is grabbing for Jesus. We want something from you. That's their agenda. We just want something from you. She's going, no, no, no. I want something different. We're going to talk about that a little bit here. Y'all still with me? All right, let's look at the woman's life. The first thing is she's a family burden. Think about that. Sick 12 years with a blood disease. If you've been sick six months with some kind of disease, you can barely get out of bed. You have any strength. You can't get up. You can't do anything. You see, she was a family burden. She felt like, I can't even get up and wash dishes. I can't even help around the house. There's nothing that I can do. And then she was a social outcast. Oh, she's that woman. You see, in other words, oh, that's the sick one. That's the house where the sick 12-year woman with the hemorrhage lives. And I'm being a little over the top, but are you getting what I'm saying? You see, there's a truth here in this. Then we look at the economic strain. Couldn't work, couldn't contribute. 
had no way to supply anything for the family. In other words, I'm just, I'm just sucking resources. It's like a one-year-old. How many of you know that a one-year-old isn't about giving? It's all about taking. I got four grandkids. Man, they're, they're nine, nine all the way to three. And man, they're just, gimme, gimme, gimme. But in, that, but in that, they're giving. They have so much to give, right? It's so awesome. But they're an economic strain, right? You know that there's no money earned from, from a three-year-old. You know what I'm saying? It's all about pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. As a matter of fact, if you're not a grandparent yet and you plan on being, go ahead and open up a second bank account and, be, and begin to put money in it now. In fact, put your kid's college money in there because you're going to need it. And every grandparent said, okay, yeah, keep noticing that, all right? Okay. She was ceremonially unclean. In other words, when you had a blood sickness, you could not be around those other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of like you got to walk on the other side of the street, so to say. And in her case, she didn't have enough strength to really probably walk on the other side of the street. Again, you have to understand, 12 years, the Bible says, spent all of her money, all of the doctors, every, every ounce of resource. So if you feel like you've been holding on for a long time, there's good news. <laughs> Jesus is still here to touch your life. She was religiously rejected. Now she can't even come into the temple. Let me give you a little example. When you get into the book of Acts, I think chapter 8, we see the Ethiopian eunuch can't go into the temple. He leaves Ethiopia, goes all the way to Jerusalem, all the way to Mecca, right? That's where God surely is. Come on. That's where God surely is. The Ethiopian eunuch shows up, can't even go in. Because he's, because he's religiously rejected, ceremonially unclean as a eunuch down to the third generation, fourth generation, I think. And so here he is on the outside going, if I can just get into the city, he's filthy rich, he's an Ethiopian eunuch, takes care of the Ethiopian queen, and yet he can't even get into the temple. He wants to know God. Can I tell you something? I've got good news. Jesus met him where? Translated Philip right over there. He walks up to him. He's in his chariot. I'm sure that thing was awesome. A lot of bling on it. And he walks up and he goes, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading the the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet. Hey, you know what you're reading? No, as a matter of fact, I don't. Hey, do you know what I'm reading? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I know about the prophet Isaiah. Hey, can you explain this? Yeah, let me tell you about the Jesus that's all in there. And then uh, how about this? How about you give your life to Jesus? I'm going to sure do that. Wow, I think I need to be water baptized. What about that? Uh, There's some water right there. Let's go lay down in the ditch. (laughs) Boom, all done. Philip gone. Well, my job is done here. You see, God met that man right where he is. Never forget that Jesus is going to meet you right where you are. He went all the way to Mecca and could not find God and left disappointed. That's why I think a church like this is so awesome, because you're going to meet God. You're going to meet God, and then it's up to you what you're going to do with that God, with Jesus as you meet him. So we look at the woman. She's religiously rejected, and how about this one? Her future offered no hope. I mean, think about it. All of the things that are taking place in her life, there's a reason the Bible explains all of that. There's a reason the Bible lays all that out. There's a reason for that, because he wants us to know at what end of life she was at. He wants us to know. You go, that's cruel. It's not. He's just giving real life. How many of you understand that life has its ups and downs? Has its ins and outs? Has its... When I was on that ship back in 2006, 
I remember talking to the Coast Guard, all three masts broken. We've been sick laying on the keel, the middle of the ship, trying to get to the least amount of movement possible. Any boatsman out here, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not a sailor. I'm not a captain. I'm none of those things. I was just a a, a little lonely guy on a boat with some other guys going, God, help us. And laying there, I remember the Coast Guard, it's it's like 8 o'clock at night. And they go, we can't get to you till 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I remember saying, God, I can't take 12 more hours of this. I mean, I thought I was going to die right there. 12 more hours of this? How many of you have ever been to a place where you go, I can't take another minute of this? But guess what? You're here to tell us about it because you were able to take another minute of it, right? You know, God can bring us along in every one of our circumstances when we look to him. So her future offered no hope. Let's look at it again. A woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she was saying, if I could only touch his garment. Is that what your Bible says? Or is that what, at least that's the words I put up. If we could only touch his garment. That's what I want to talk about a little bit, okay? So in the Greek, right there in those verses of Scripture, the hem is craspidon, and this is what, what I came up with. So I'm going to take a little teaching moment here, okay? It means tassel. In the next image, you'll see a, a kind of a prayer shawl or a garment. So in other words, those tassels that hang either from a prayer shawl. Some of you may have had one, uh, a prayer shawl. Actually, I had one from Israel that I, I was at a pastor's. Uh, I was speaking, and a pastor's wife was there, and the Lord said, give that to her. And um, see, on the end, on the garments that they put over... Uh, this, this garment, so they had tassels that hung on each one of them. And you see, you'll see all the knots. Each tassel in its an original form had 613 knots because those are the commandments or laws that God gave Moses in the wilderness. And so each one represents those. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. If you look at Numbers 15, let me go ahead and now we're going to read in Numbers 15. How about that? So if you're there, verse, starting at verse 37. So here's where some of this comes from. So I want to give you a little teaching here. Take this moment because it's going to be, I believe, rich for you to grab hold of it. The Lord also spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel. Tell them they shall make for themselves tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations. Look at your neighbor and say, all of their generations. And that they shall put on the tassel of each corner a cord of blue. Now if you look at normally the prayer shawls or the garments that the Jewish leaders wear, it has that blue on there. As a matter of fact, I did the research on that. The way that they got the blue to dot, to uh, create the dye for those garments at that time, they got them from a certain, a certain shell that they were able to extract the blue. And it says if they did it today to make one prayer shawl would cost $1,500 just to get the ink that would make the blue. See, when God does something, he does it to the best. You see, now we have synthetic things. We do it differently now, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But what he was saying was that was the only way they could extract that particular color that God said to put on there. As a matter of fact, um, as we continue to read, go ahead and go to the next slide. I want to go ahead and show you something. Yeah, if you can. You see that right there, the Israel's flag? Did you notice something about the blue? When they created their flag, they did it right off of Numbers 15. Now, it's got the Star of David, but you see the white and you see the blue lines. 
That is right from this verse of Scripture. So when their flag flies, they're saying, we recognize who God is. And we're going to talk about that here just for a little bit. He says, you'll put the tassel to look at it. Look at verse 39. And to look at it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. You see, there was a reason why they had it. It was a remembrance. It was a garment that would say, that's what that is about. God's making a covenant with his people right here. And he says, I want you to remember all of the covenants of the Lord so that you do them and do not follow after your own heart, not your own eyes, which can play the harlot. In other words, your heart and your eyes can deceive you. Come on now. We've, that's why God said, I'll give you my Holy Spirit who will guide you and lead you into all truth. That is why it is necessary for the Spirit of God to, to empower us to do that. Verse 40. He says, in order that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I was thinking this morning, a book of Revelation of, in Ezekiel and in Isaiah, where the angels, the, the created beings, cry, holy, holy, holy to the Lord. As a matter of fact, in the book of Isaiah and in Ezekiel, it says that they call to each other. You know, we call to each other, don't we? Come on, you can press in. Come on, God can do it. Come on, you can get up. Come on, Lord's going to lead you another day. Come on, this is the reason why you get up. It's just not to go to work, earn another dollar, pay another electrical bill. No, no, no. God has put breath inside of you so that when you get up, you go, God, what do you have for me today? What kind of encounter, what kind of journey, what type of experience do you have for me today? And when you least expect it, in other words, there's an expectation, but you're not, you're not looking around going like this, right? No, you're going around. That's why Paul said pray without ceasing. It's having the mind of God. It's having your heart set on who your God is. That's what this garment is all about. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Don't you think that's powerful? This is who we serve. This is who he wants to be in our life. There's nothing I can't do in your life. There's nothing I can't accomplish. So it also means fringe. It means a tassel, that word in the Hebrew, and it means fringe. But look at this. The next one says it shows a blossom, I believe, if you'll get there. That word tassel, but it's also a blossom. So let me explain something to you. In the Hebrew language, God in this one verse where it says tassel or the hymn, it has multiple definitions of who God is. And you go, well, Tommy, at what given time do I understand which, what definition am I supposed to use? You see, that's our simple thinking. God wants us to think like he thinks. He is all those things at all times. See, the blossom, the definition of blossom connects you to the rose of Sharon, where the rose blossoms and opens up. How many of you think that roses are pretty awesome? They're pretty awesome. You know, when you crush a petal of a rose, you, it, has, it gives a scent, doesn't it? That's why Jesus is the rose of Sharon. Because you see, a rose is that flower that when you crush it, the fragrance actually comes forward. Other flowers don't do that. You see, the rose, the, the, the Savior that was crushed, that gave forth a fragrance to the Lord that was acceptable, that said, I have died for those that are mine. And this is what this was about. The garment, it had four corners, and that's why they called it the wings. As a matter of fact, if you'll go to the next definition, it's actually a wing. 
That's what it means at the top, the wings. And we'll, I'll read those verses in Malachi real quick in Deuteronomy. The wings were the four corners of the earth, north, south, east, and west. So it said this. It was to not only remind you of the commandments of the Lord, but it reminded you that God could work from the north, south, east, and west. And it also reminded us of this, that God was with us. When they looked at those things, they said, God is with us. That's what it was to remind us of. It wasn't to become some religious thing where you, you know, tie a knot or put another notch on your belt and go, aren't I special? See, God never creates things like that. Why do you think you never, we can't find anything from Jesus? Because we'd idolize it. We'd be bowing to it. We'd be throwing money at it. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't, that's not why I died. <laughs> I died that you could be free from that stuff. <laughs> I want to give you some freedom so that you can walk out. You know, the earlier, I want to say this, that the love that I've been experiencing for three weeks here, I want you to know that that is what people around you feel. That's what they sense when they come around you. Walk with your head up. Not, not, not like that, not arrogance. <laughs> but just with your head up that says, no, 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 I serve the king. How are you doing? Make eye contact. The eyes are the windows to the soul. There was a girl uh, years ago broken down on the side of the road. I've done this numerous times. But this one particular one, I had, it was summer. And summer in Louisiana, Lisa just, I talked to Lisa earlier. And it's already 90 degrees this morning and, you know, and that kind of thing. And um, so uh, I was, you know, in the summer. So here's this girl standing on the side of the road where her car broken down. And so I'm like, it's hot. I got sunglasses on. The sun's bright. The sun's bright here, too. And so I pull over on the side, and I said, listen, let me give you a ride into, into town, into, into where you work or wherever. She goes, okay, man, it's desperate when a woman will jump in a car with a guy, right? So she gets in the car, and I've got my sunglasses on, and she goes, oh, thank you so much for picking me up. And I just said, well, I appreciate that, but you know what? It's the Jesus in me that told me to stop and pick you up. I just want you to know God loves you. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Tommy, take your sunglasses off. I'm, I'm telling you, just as like we're sitting right, right here, take your sunglasses off. And I, and I just said, okay. You see, if we ask why, then we, <laughs> okay, never mind. Just obey. Just obey. And so I took him off and he said, I want her to see your eyes because she sees me. Because the eyes are the windows to the soul. I want her to see me deep inside of you. That it is really true what you just said. It's not just words. She can actually experience what you just told her. And this is what this is talking about. Look at Malachi 4.2. It says, but you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, will rise with healing in its wings. Isn't that cool? And you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Man, I've got a testimony about the skipping like calves, but I'll, I'll refrain. Man, I, wanna, I just want to preach like for three hours this morning, but... I'm out of here. <laughs> Malachi 4.2. Healing in its wings. Healing in its wings. Jesus, the garment. God's with you. His commandments are true. His covenants are real. He is with you. It's a confidence that God is with us. Look at Deuteronomy. You shall make for yourself tassels on the four wings, corners of your garment, on which you cover yourself. So this is what I want to get to this morning. Anybody in here encouraged a little bit yet this morning? You're encouraged a little bit? So let's look at Matthew 9 one more time. 
And the woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him, touched the hem of his garment. For she was saying to herself, if I could only touch his garment. You've got to see it for what it is. See, for all these years, pastor, I just went, I know there's more there, but I just don't get it. And then when that thing happened with that lady and the cross-stitch lady, God began to open it up in a way that I never, in fact, they gave me one of her pieces for doing the, uh, her, officiating her funeral. I've got it at my home. It's beautiful. Listen to this. He says, if, she says, if I could only touch his garment. Let me explain something to you. Was she going for him or was she going for the him? You see, what we need to realize is that she understood Numbers 15. She understood that when she reached for the tassels, when she reached for the garment, when she reached for the covenant, if I can only touch the covenant, I'll touch him. If that Jesus is who he says he is, if that Jesus walks in the power that they claim that he does, if that Jesus is the one who says, I know the Father, I know him, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I am the expression of who he is. That's why when he looked and said, who touched me? It wasn't anger. It wasn't anger. He said, who touched the anointing of God? Not, and I don't mean that in a goofy way. Who touched the presence of heaven? Who started the faith that's inside of me and released it that, that my father may do something? That is what he felt. When she reached, she wasn't like the others grabbing. Brother Ben, stand up. I love this couple. I love this guy. And they weren't just, in other words, everybody's doing this, just grabbing for him. Let me tell you something. When, like overseas, they grab you, they fall in front of you, and they take their hand, and they shove it. You they shove your hand on their head. Pray for me. Man, the most humbling thing was a guy. He was interpreting for me. And he says, tomorrow I leave for Pakistan to preach Jesus, and I don't think I'll ever come back. Will you pray for me? That'll humble you. You better know how to touch God in those moments because that's a serious moment. I was preaching one time overseas, and this whole family walked in. It was like an older gentleman, his wife. Then I saw a younger woman, like a husband, wife, and some kids. And we were in the Angul region of Andhra Pradesh in India. And in Orissa, how many of you remember just a few years back where they burned all the churches and they're doing it again? That couple, they were pastors. They had been locked in their church. They had set the church on fire. And they were able to break the back door and get out. And they had hidden in the woods for six months with nothing. And then had come out. And they were in the meeting listening to little old me. Who hopefully would bring something of promise. Something that would say, God is still with us. God is still walking with us. We have preached the right gospel. It is the truth. It is salvation. Thank you, Brother Ben. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? See, this is what she was reaching for. How desperate do you think she was? And I'm not saying that that's the measure we have to be. I'm not putting that on you. I'm telling you just the, the biblical account. That's it. And she reached and said, if I can reach that garment. And Jesus says, who touched me? Lord. And if you notice, they all said, not me. They all denied it, right? Why? Because he's like, who touched? Like if he was like upset. I think that's part of what it was. And they're like, oh, it's not me. It's not me. And he's going, no, no, no. You don't understand. Who touched me? I felt. That's why he responds. I felt power come out of me. I felt the power release. I felt it. So let's look at this. Let's look at that that one slide with the woman. Look at all of those things. 
How many of you, and, and listen, don't lift your hand. You don't have to say, amen, it's me. You don't have to do any of those things. What I'm saying is, how many of you have felt like you were a family burden? And you had no ability to contribute at all. And you go, why am I here? Lord, help me. Maybe you were a drug addict and said, I've used everything. I've stolen everything from my parents, sold everything I could to get drugs, and I've surely not contributed. I've been a family burden. I've sat with so many men and women that have made that statement. It's too many. And then to say, no, but there's hope. Here's the answer. Jesus wants to restore that, and he'll restore that trust. He'll restore that relationship. It may take a little bit. Come on, when you break trust, you got to regain trust. But God can do that. And come on. Let me tell you something. I remember one time I did something so silly. I, no, it wasn't silly. It was downright terrible. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't think you can ever trust me again. And I was content with saying, God, if you can ever trust me again, please use me. See, when you come to those places where you go, God, I've... I've messed up, I fail, I've done those things. I'm more of a burden to you than a blessing. You know, when you feel that way, he didn't do that to me. I felt that way because of what I wanted to be in him. Come on. See, that's the real, that's, that's the real Jesus stuff. Everybody's been there. I can say it now that I've stepped away from our church a year ago. <laughs> I can say those things right here. A social outcast. Anybody's ever felt an outcast? Anybody's ever felt the economic strain of your life and for different reasons? There's all kinds of reasons. Ceremonially unclean. Where, where you walk around and you go, people, that's them. <laughs> that's her. That's him. That's whatever. Religiously rejected. Anybody in here ever felt? Don't raise your hand. Anybody in here ever felt that? Man, that's, that's bad. I mean, that's hurtful. That's deep hurt, right? Where your future offered no hope. If you felt that, how many of you just inside of you? Now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask you right now. Can we just, Rachel, this may, this may be your moment. I love Rachel. She's got such a sweet spirit. And uh, come on, just close your eyes. Is, is there anything special about that? Well, only because it's just you and the Lord. And I just want, I really am going to just, you may not want to, but I I just really would appreciate if you just would respond because God wants, see that woman responded to the Lord. You see what I mean? There's a step of faith that takes place. It activated something. If any of this has genuinely touched you, would you just stand right where you are? Just go ahead and stand. I'm not going to make you come forward, do anything. Come on, there you go. There you go. Stand if this has touched your life. Come on. And you said, I can identify, Tommy. I can identify. I can just see Jesus just turning around going, you, young lady, touch God this morning. You know, where she thought she was in trouble, and he's going, no, 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 you touched heaven this morning. See, every one of you this morning has touched heaven. Come on, can we pray right now? Just begin to say, God, just make that real to me. I don't know your circumstance, but God knows your circumstance. I don't know where you've come from, but God knows where you've come from. I don't know every, every situation about you, but God knows every situation about you. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not emotionalism. This is about doing exactly what that woman said. Lord, that's me. That's it, right? 
Is that what we're doing right now? That's me, Lord. That's me. Lord, I ask you right now, you see the multitudes that are standing right now. Touch each one. Come on, don't hold back. Don't hold back. Come on, don't hold back. Here you are with the Lord right now. God, touch that area of my heart. As a matter of fact, if you've got a broken heart, just put your hand over your heart. God, i got a broken heart. Heal my broken heart. Remove the hooks of the enemy out of my life. Bring healing right now. Touch me. Do it, God. Do it. Do it. Do it right now. Each one of you. You don't need me to lay hands on you. Just like Jesus. Reach for that covenant, the promises of God right now. Lord, they're reaching for you, Lord. You see every need. Don't look at this list as an exhaustive list. Whatever your circumstance is, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Come on. Just press in with the Lord right now. Just do it right now. Because when we sing that song, right? The promises of God are yes and amen. That's the faith that was built up. Maybe you need a physical healing in your hip. Maybe in your knee. Go, God, do that healing right now. God, touch my life right now, whatever it is. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to minister. Do it powerfully. Do it powerfully. As Rachel plays in your, in your listening, I wanted to say this, and I told pastors this morning. Yesterday, I was thinking about this message, and I was driving down Highway 52. And all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord touched me and just began to say, Tommy, there's, there's, I believe the Lord was saying there's going to be a, a lady there that, that, is, that is in just in a desperate situation. I'm not asking you to come forward. I'm not asking you to do it. But God knows who you are. And right now, just call out on the Lord. Call out on the Lord. Lord, minister to me. And if, and if you go, Tommy, I'm good in all those areas, then you know what? Stand in the gap for somebody next to you. Lord, touch Susie. Touch John. Touch Marissa. Touch uh, Joan. Touch, just begin to call them out by name. Lord, do it right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 We call it done. Lord, your promises are yes and amen. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are touching lives physically, emotionally, in the spirit, man. Lord, go deep right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to intercede right now. Begin to, those that are receiving, receive. Those that are, that are saying, standing in the gap, begin to believe God right now. Just begin to believe God right now. Lord, speak to their heart. I'm trying to hear God myself of what the Lord is saying. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, do it, do it, do it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Lord, do it. Pastor, if you could come, if you don't mind, just come right now if you don't mind. There's many that are standing. God's doing something unique. And you know the heart of your people. I know what God's doing, but you know the heart of your people. You and Jen. Lord, right now, begin to fulfill it, complete it, establish it, Lord. Come on, just like that woman, reach for the Lord right now. Just reach him. Go, God, you're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you are sensing God doing something unique in your life this morning? Come on. God's doing some, some really cool things. That's good. That's good. Keep, keep going, Lord. There's, a, there's someone who just made some eye contact with me. I'm, I'm going I'm to ask right now, if everybody would just close your eyes, just please indulge me just a moment. And if, uh, if you were that lady, would you make eye contact with me right now? I thought so. The Lord, go, go ahead, go ahead and close your eyes. Okay, so I'm just going to speak to that. The Lord, it was so, God said, she's going to come with such a heavy burden. The Lord went so far as to say this. He said, if the right moment was given, she would unburden her heart to me. Lord, right now, that you would just not only her but others, that you would touch them powerfully right now to just give themselves to the Lord in a unique way. Can I tell you this, that the covenant above all things is first salvation. Is there somebody here today that says, I want to know the Lord. I want to know that Jesus. I want to know that Jesus who knows me. Just lift your hand if that's you. Say, I want to know that Jesus. Come on, there you go. There you go. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, begin right now to say, Lord, that's the reality of who you are. I want to know. I want to know you in that way, in the name of Jesus. Come on, there you go. Right now, right now, right now. That's good. That's good. You see, the reason that God wanted to go ahead and reveal that to you, that that person is here, is that God was even 24 hours in advance already saying who was going to be here to touch their life. You have, to, you have to know that that's a God who cares for you. That's a God who is here for you. I'm just trying to drive that point home, Pastor, that that's the Jesus we serve. Walk with him, grab hold of him right now. I'm going to turn it to Pastor Quentin here. I, I want to pray for you. And then, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll make it available. I'll pray for anyone personally or a group. But let me pray for all of you that are standing and then the whole congregation. I'll turn it to him. Thank you so much for responding. That means so much not only to me, but more to the Lord. Lord, I thank you right now that your word is true. I thank you that your word carries your promises. That, Lord, that we, when we grab your hymn, your covenant, we grab you. And, Lord, that each person here today has come to the realization of grabbing hold of who you are. Lord, I thank you today for doing a tremendous work in these people's lives. Lord, bring it to pass. What they've laid on the altar to you, what they've laid before you this morning, Lord, work it out. Work through it. Bring them, bring them to the place of completion in that. Give them encouragement and hope to hold on to you all the days of their life. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify your name in the powerful name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Anchor Church. What Anchor Church means for this community. Lord, it's not only an anchor to hold on to, but a lighthouse to shine. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here in the great, the great community that you have brought here together to do great things. And it's just the beginning. In the name of Jesus, we call those things done. We call those things done. Can you say amen and amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.